Hi, I'm Catherine. And I'm Shelby. Welcome to Table Pancakes. We're so happy that you're back. Thank you for all the love on episode one. So excited to see all of your reposts on Instagram, all the texts, all the calls. I saw a couple of you left reviews on Apple Podcasts. So, so grateful. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you everyone for the support. It was so exciting to um, hear everyone's responses to episode one and the excitement around it. So, good way to kick things off. How are you doing today, Shelby? I'm doing well. I had a really good week. I had a really busy week. I went yeah. to Sundance for work, came home midweek to a bit of an offsite. So, I spent some time in the office and the listeners will soon realize that's not something I do frequently. So <laughs> I spent some time in the office and uh, had a good time, honestly. And now I'm relaxing. I'm just kind of recouping and getting myself together after being in Park City all week. Yeah, nice. Welcome back. Thank Relieved you. to hear that you didn't slip slide on that ice. Yeah, slippery out there. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. The week flew by pretty quickly, it seems like, but it's been good. I work from home and spent a lot of time kind of exploring new workspaces around Brooklyn and Manhattan, which was a good change of pace, and been to some cool design events and just settling in to record. Good. Excited to kick off episode two. So Catherine and I are going to get into the makeup of our friendships, like where are our friends based, who are our friends, are we in friend groups? So I'm going to let you start, Catherine. Tell us about your friends. Yeah, I just want to set the stage. So give everyone, our listeners, a, a little bit of a peek into our friendship so you can understand where we're coming from as, as we keep posting new episodes. So I would say that I have friends from throughout all of my walks of life. I have some friends who I've known for over 30 years, and I'm 34. So we're doing the whole little pre-K, preschool thing together and still friends today. I have a pretty big group of friends from growing up who in Ohio who live in New York. So it's great to keep those friendships, you know, even in a new location so many years later. And a lot of people that I went to college with in St. Louis also live in the city, some of them nearby, which is really nice. And, you know, quite a few friends from throughout my time in New York have been here for almost 12 years. I've definitely made a lot of friends through work, which has been a really gratifying experience to, you know, no matter where you're working, pick up people along the way throughout your career who, you know, you don't just work with, you actually become friends with. So those are some really deep and meaningful friendships to me. And then I feel like just from living in New York, going to events, getting together with friends of other friends have picked up quite a few people along the way. So I would say that's my that's my general friendship rundown, the who's who. As I shared in the episode last week, I grew up in Dayton, and I have a few friends that I've known since middle school on to like high school and beyond. So a contingent of those friends from grade school, middle school, et cetera, home, we'll lovingly refer to them as the home friends. And then I have a group of my college friends, and honestly it spans, like my main college group is called the mini bar <laughs> we've been called that since shout out to brian frank who named the mini bar you're gonna get a shout out for that because that name still carries on and that's part of my college friend group but the college lexicon is huge because it's like people who i was in a sorority with and then specifically lived in the sorority house with then it's mini bar then it's freshman year dorm friends like my freshman year roommate we're still friends so it's the college ecosystem spans quite 
wide, like widely actually. So uh, Brian, who I shouted out and named the mini bar, is also a friend from college who lives in New York. So we have a lot of college friends. Some live in New York, some don't. And then just a lot of people I've met in New York. I have friends from every single job I've had here. Um, also, my first job was in Chicago. Still friends with those people. But they're all older than me, so it's like a funny caveat. We'll get into that, but I love an intergenerational friendship. So for my first job, I was just graduating college, early 20s. Most of those people were already well into their 30s, early 30s, mid-30s. And so they had 10 years on me, <laughs> plus. And so friends with them, but just like a different kind of friendship. And then in New York, I've just collected so many people through jobs, through apartments, through friends of friends. Um, it's been great. I have a a wide, very wide net of friends. Yeah. I think the other thing about New York in particular is that there's so many people that come here, but then also many people who go other places. So we both have quite a few friends. I feel like that we've met and, you know, gotten to know in New York and then have moved kind of all over the place, whether it's throughout the U.S. or other countries. A few of my really, really close friends that I've met here live far away. Yeah, I mean, it's great when people, like, you keep those relationships. Like, a good amount of my friends have left. Uh, two members of the mini bar lived in New York, and they have since left during the pandemic, but we remain in close contact via Snapchat, which people judge me that I'm 30 years old and I have Snapchat still, but we Snapchat each other almost every day, and we text each other almost every day, and I've actually seen them two weeks uh, for baby shower, so. Nice. Still very much in the fold. So now that we've given you a little map of our friends, let's talk about how we feel about friend groups. Are you a friend group person or are you more of a lone wolf? I would say if I had to define myself, I would default to lone wolf. I have a lot of friendships that mostly function as one-on-one. For instance, people that I've gone to college with will say, oh, I didn't know that you kept in touch with this person and maybe they associated them with a certain group and uh, didn't realize that, oh, okay, they kept in touch. So I have a lot of one-on-one friendships. There are definitely people that know each other, and I do like to bring my friends together, although I do think that's something that I probably need to make a more consistent effort to do. I would say the probably the most concrete friend group that I have are my friends from growing up in Shaker. We've all been in the city for a long time. Some of us live closer to each other, we have, you know, kind of cadence that we get together at, and that's probably my most concrete friend group. Yeah, I'm going to enter a third category that wasn't mm. my option of a floater. I would say that I have friend groups for sure, but I'm also a bit of a floater. I've gotten that same sentiment of like my friends, which I'm not going to explain a TikTok on a podcast because I just hate when people explain TikToks. So you're going to have to see it. But the sentiment of a TikTok video she sent me is you bring in these random people. Like I'll send a note being like, yeah, I'm gonna go have dinner with like my former boss's mom. And they're like, what are you talking about? And so like there is a floating aspect where like I will connect to someone through someone or just stay in touch with someone that people are like, when did you guys even make a connection to do so? So I think there's that, but then I am very much like a part of some friend groups. I just think that I have a lot of friends outside of the groups. Right. So a third a third thing that we'll call a floater. Okay. Hmm. I might have a little bit of floater syndrome in me as well. Yeah. I think having a friend group is great. I like felt very safe and having a home base, but I think what's really funny about the mini bar is like we're each other's people, especially from college. We live together. 
we spent a lot of time together, but we also all have friends from college outside of the mini bar. We always come back to each other, but we have these, like, we were in different sororities, we like did different activities, and so you kind of have your, your hub. I treat friend groups like hubs, but there are other people who are important to the piece of the pie. Right. It's, it's nice to have something that isn't so definitive. It's nice to have that group to come back to, but that's not the end-all, be-all, and you know, you're still open to meeting so many new people and bringing people together when it makes sense. So Exactly. So with the groups, though, do you like hanging out in groups or are you like a one-on-one hang person? I think it really depends. If I really, you know, haven't seen someone in a while or I know that there's something specific that they wanted to tell me about or something that I wanted to follow up with them about, you know, people like to get together as a group and, you know, get everyone to touch base but it's really hard to, for me at least to understand how someone's doing and get give them that space for an authentic answer if we're sitting at a dinner table at a restaurant with four or five other people. So both serve a different purpose. It's really nice to get together, have the group. That's when you, I find you get to walk down memory lane, give those sillier updates. But then if I really want to check in and see how someone's doing, I think we got we have to offline it. I like a group hang if everyone in the group is equal closeness, like equal closeness. I think when I bring a group together, I'm in my head like we're not gonna talk about anything serious. That's a sweeping generalization because when I'm with my close friends in a group we do, or like people who are kind of on the same level of us in closeness. I think group hangs where your bearing and closeness are fun, but can be tricky because certain people are like really bonding and in deep with each other and they're like inside jokes. And if you're, I've been on both sides of that where Mm -hmm. I'm the perpetrator, but I'm also the victim to like, these people are closer than I am to them. And I'm kind of don't feel like I'm in the group. Like they're perfectly nice, but like, I don't really understand what's going on or all the dynamics at play. I probably lean toward being more of a group person because I love a one-on-one, but most of my people call me for one-on-one conversations because just for the sake of time, they're only like two days in a weekend. So I'm mostly like, all right, like let's get together in a group. If you need to tell me something, come early or call me. The number of FaceTimes that you can accomplish in a day is extraordinary. Definitely hit me with a FaceTime. That's where we do our best work. That's where we workshop. That's where we are silly. I mean, I have like four hour FaceTimes with people. If you catch me on the right day. (laughs) I think too, you know, there's something about getting a group together, being at a dinner table, being out for drinks, but then also who are the people that you want to go and do an activity with versus have a meal with versus sit at home on the couch with. And I think those, those all play different roles in different times, sometimes with different people. Yeah, I am not an activity girly. I, if there's something we really want to do, if there's like an exhibit or there's a concert I really want to hit, but I really rarely find myself doing activities with friends. I don't know what to attribute that to. I think part of it is like when I'm home, weekends are so sacred. I feel kind of busy as a person and there's like a lot of socialization going on. So weekends when I can just be in solitude at my home with like my music playing and a candle and like cooking something, I'm like, come over and like hang here or like I'm down to get dinner. But I feel like a lot of my hangouts, especially as of late, take place in somebody's home. And maybe because it's winter, that could be a reason too. 
could be a little bit of a seasonal thing. I feel like I've, I've definitely been having more people over to, you know, cook a meal, have someone over for lunch, dinner. Activities, I feel like I'm giving them a little bit more of a shot. Jury's out. I'm still not sure. I think I, I'm still not sure how I feel about them. But I do like the idea of, you know, using activities, like you mentioned an exhibition, if there's something that... I mentioned I wanted to see and a friend mentioned, okay, let's make sure that we both get to it. Like that kind of facilitation I find really positive, but I certainly don't feel the need to devote the time together to an activity to kind of like fill the space that we are together. Yeah, activities feel like a thing for new friends. I get a little social anxiety about new people and like what to say to them because I'm very direct and I like want to talk about I want to talk about real things. Actually, don't. I hate small talk. So when I meet a new person, in order to give them the respect of like you're new to me and I'm not trying to do the most, I try to like, okay, let's do an activity together. At least start with an activity to kind of break the ice. So then by the time we sit down to dinner or drinks or something, they're comfortable with me being like, so anyway, tell me your deepest darkest secrets. Like, <laughs> I'm not really gonna ask that, but you know what I mean. Like I want to have not even just deep chats. I just want to know you. And I feel like when I'm with new people, an activity is a good way to broach that. But with my friends, like my close friends, I'm like, please stop asking me to do things with you. Unless it's something that we definitely like want to do. Like I'm like, we really want to go to this concert, we really want to see this movie, but I'm like, I don't need to spend money to see you. Friends, still invite me to things. <laughs> I do like a little uh, show or like, oh, I have a last minute ticket to this. Like that's very fun. It's a good way to mix it up. But generally speaking, I'm not gonna ask them to do an activity. Yeah, like, but like with a f- close friend, you wouldn't necessarily want to go to an escape room because you're you're stuck in that friendship anyway. Yeah, like, let's just talk. Like, why, are we, why are we doing rogue activities? Let's make it stop. <laughs> Don't want to do that. Noted. <laughs> yeah, and I do wonder, back to your comment about it being winter, hanging out at home, maybe it is a seasonal thing. It's It's nice to have, like, this season to just slow down, chill, go to bed early yeah if you survived a new york summer you know how chaotic it is people (laughs) ask you to leave your house every day even if you think you're going to have a day to yourself someone's like you should really come out there's a block party today so i'm (laughs) relishing in the fact that i can comfortably sit here hear how people are doing work on my little creative projects and just mind my business like i don't I'm not super interested in doing anything else. As I get older, I'm finding it's nice to have people come over for dinner, come over for drinks, just, you know, hang out, go for a walk in the neighborhood as opposed to, um, you know, running around too much. But yeah, maybe once it hits 75 degrees, might be a different story. Yeah, definitely is a different (laughs) story for me. I'm definitely in the streets a bit more in summer. But winter me is like, let's chill out. But summer me is like, let's go to the Soho House pool. Like, let's go to this fun festival. I think that's why I love season so much. You kind of can take advantage. But also, generally speaking, I become, and maybe it's a post-COVID thing, I'm more of a homebody. And I think it's because I don't get to be home that much. Like, I travel a good amount, both, like, personally and for work. And so when I'm at home and I can, like, cook a meal in my kitchen and see my friends, like, that actually brings me so much joy. But I do think what it introduces a layer of is not always new friends because you would only invite a close friend true for dinner so it is kind of i definitely don't have a no new friends mentality i love new friends but if you're not if you haven't reached that level with me yet we are in that point of like 
where it's like we're dating. You're texting, and you're like, can we go to this place to do this thing? Whereas, like, that's actually not how I operate in my close friendships. I'm very right. much like, oh, just come over. My friends invite themselves to my house pretty consistently. Right. Totally. Yeah. That's, it. yeah, you wouldn't meet a new friend and say, like, oh, okay, like, come over for dinner in two days. I mean, maybe you, you could, but I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like more of a close friend experience, which it, it's kind of interesting. It's like a tiering mm. where you're like, we'll get to that level. It's, yes. it's just like, it literally is just like dating. Like I think people should treat their friendships, especially new ones like dating. Like you, there are levels to this. When I first meet you, I'm not going to have you over for dinner at my house. What you mentioned earlier too, about traveling a lot, like you travel for work, you're just at Sundance traveling you're you know you just wrapped up your christmas tour i remember in december and january you were all over the map seeing family and friends i don't travel as much and i don't try i don't travel as much um in my personal life or for work for that matter and i work from home um as do you but i find that that also shapes the dynamics like you definitely are homebody but you get dragged out in the streets i do like being at home but I almost, I get this urge where I'm like, I need to like get outside. I need to go do something. And I know I text you about that a lot. Like, I'm just like, I've got to get out of the house. So sometimes too, like there's a level of what you need from a socialization point of view that impacts where you might want to spend time with friends. I know I feel that. Yeah, definitely. I think when it comes to being a homebody, everyone who knows me is gonna laugh and say that's not true. Since I was a child, everyone's like social butterfly. Like my dad was recounting a conversation he had with my grandfather. I don't know, I was out of town. I think it was when I went to Amsterdam. And he's like, Shelby's always wanted to go her whole life. Like my whole family's like, she wants to go, 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 go. And I think in the midst of so much going, what's happening about happening as I get older is I need to reset. Like I used to just go from thing to thing seamlessly no Mm -hmm. sleep no unpacked suitcases i would land in new york and then go out i'd be like okay like i'm just gonna drop my suitcase off i'm gonna go out or if like my friends are at a place that would store my suitcase i would meet them out but i think i've just gotten older unfortunately and i can't maintain it and i don't want to i think i could maintain it if i wanted to but i don't want to i need to like slow down and I find that I, it's almost like binging activity. I have so much activity and interaction with people that like for two days, I don't want to do anything. It's kind of funny because like the idea of being a homebody, I, it's new to me, but I just am like, let me reset. Let me be with my thoughts. Let me process everything that just happened. But to your point about needs, I think I would need more socialization if I wasn't coming down from a ton of it. Like my socialization gets like very big and I'm like I need to just be away from that for a moment that's valid that's valid and that slowdown that you speak about too it's been interesting knowing you for quite a few years at this point witnessing some of this shift what that slowdown has offered to you and your friends like I definitely hear you say more oh so and so is coming over to hang out tonight or people are just hanging out on my patio and it seems like it's created this really nice environment that's maybe a little bit different than it was in the past but you know these are still really close friends that you're engaging with but you've just found a different space because of the different external factors and uh, it's just still a really beautiful way to to bring people together but just different than it was before yeah I think it's more uh, light touch interactions because mm. I don't have the energy always like when people you know coming off of a big trip 
I was actually coming back and there was a work party that night and my coworkers were joking like, oh my God, you could have met us because I landed at like 12.30 and they were out until four. But a different version of me would have. Like a different version of me would have been like, oh yeah, I'm gonna meet you guys. Like, let's. But I just, I have to be, and it's new to me. I feel like limited almost by my energy. I just do not have the energy I used to have both mentally and physically. And I'm like, yeah, come hang out on the patio. I want to hear who you are. Bring a friend who I think would be interesting. <laughs> Heavy on the interesting. Don't just bring anyone to my house. <laughs> yeah. Bring someone who I'd like to my house and like, let's hang out and let's get to know each other. Because I built more friends through that. It was like the more you went out, the more connections you had. And actually, I don't find that to be true. Mm. I think a lot of going out and I mean, like socially, like it being at a bar, not just like stepping out of your house. I think a lot of being out actually doesn't lead to any deep connections like it's loud i can't really hear you so loud we are drinking and i don't really do a ton of that lately so it's i love to go out i mean i was out in our last podcast episode (laughs) until four in the morning like i still love to go out but i was with my friends like i don't i don't breed a ton of connections being in lot bars so i very much like come over so i can hear you and we can play the music we want Totally. Yeah. Even I was at an event last night and there was a lot going on. It was the winter show, which is an antiques and art exhibition at the Park Avenue Armory. And they they have this event, Young Collectors Night. And I went and it was a really good opportunity to see, you know, one of my really close friends who was actually one of the co-hosts, as well as some people that, you know, I know through the design industry and wanted to catch up with. Before the show, I messaged uh, someone who... I met this summer, you know, wanted to stay in touch. And I was like, okay, this event is a perfect place to to get together and kind of reunite. And again, like, you know, in the tier of friendships, like take that friendship to the next level, like let's grab a coffee. I saw her, we finally found each other in this huge sea of people hugged each other. (laughs) And it just clearly was not the place where we're really going to be able to catch up, but it did present the opportunity to say, okay, it was so good to see you. Glad you're having a great time and can't wait to have brunch with you somewhere in South Brooklyn where it's quiet in a few weeks. Yeah, I think it's interesting, we talked about earlier, like having almost the ability to be, do both, like be a group friend, be a one-on-one friend. I think that's an example of like reading the room and being like, maybe it's not the time. I do think also it's interesting what you said about the t- like almost bringing that friendship to the next level. People ask me that sometimes of like, how did you, with certain friends, how does it go from a work friend to like you're on vacation together? How does it go from, you went to college together to these friendships in your 30s and I think a lot about just finding time to actually connect with people it's not enough to socially see each other I don't feel Mm. close to people that I'm like I just see you because I don't really know what's going on like how are your parents how's your Christmas like who are you dating what are you thinking about what's going on at your your job if I can't answer at least three of those questions I don't feel close to you yeah And, and that's not a diss but like if we don't make time to check in on those then like the relationship becomes just a hello like what I see you at an event yeah I think that there for me personally I definitely feel a stark difference between proximity and depth there are people that you might see all the time but do you do you really know them do you know them at the level that you want to do you know what's going on in their lives and you know all of those key moments and happenings and feelings it's it's different to me yeah yeah and I think it's essential to build like friendship Mm -hmm. when you're younger feels at least for me, felt very like, okay, well, we see each other, it's proximity. It's like my college friends who aren't the mini bar, I'm like, oh, I'm seeing you here, we're doing this, like, cool. If that was enough to keep in touch, and now I'm like, 
we need to actually keep in touch. I need yeah. to speak with you. I need to speak with you. I need to speak with you. Step into my office. <laughs> Sounded like a guidance counselor there. Well, my mom is one, so. <laughs> hey, Sharon. <laughs> okay, so like, I want to go back to social needs because I feel like mm. this is something that people are talking about, not just so specifically about stepping out of the house versus staying in the house, but your needs as far as do you feel like you're getting enough socialization, that kind of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. Explain to me what that means to you. Like when you're talking about socialization, do you, is it like cadence of say, like seeing people? Do you feel like you get enough socialization? Yeah, I guess it could be many things, but I think one element that's important to me is cadence of seeing people, which is definitely something that I've had to learn over time. Like, it, and it's one of those things that you'll never probably nail. It will just continue to evolve as, as life evolves and time goes on. But there are some friends where, you know, luckily enough, I feel like we see each other regularly, particularly with recording the podcast and we're, you know, texting a lot, talking on the phone. There are some friends where we get together, I would say more than most, but I've realized I'm not sure if I actually see that person enough. And so it can be a social needs in terms of like that particular relationship with the level of closeness that we have. Do I see you enough based on that level of closeness? I think that's something that I've had to kind of play around with and realize that there are some people just because I'm not seeing them doesn't mean I feel disconnected and that I'm growing further from them. But I'm like, this friendship really merits more. And so a part of that could be do we need to just say, yeah, I think we need to see each other more often? Or if that's a scheduling priority, like I need to carve out more time to see this person. I would say for me too, I'm, you know, I live on my own. I'm working from home, you know, not working with too many external partners at this point. So the level of what I've learned is that some of it is just pure socialization, not even friendship. You know, it is important to go for that morning walk go to the grocery store, chat with the nice people at Trader Joe's, you know, talk to my neighbors when they're hanging out on the stoop or, or in the park near nearby my apartment. Um, those smaller moments where you can get in socialization. And a lot of times that does breed friendship. You talked about intergenerational friendship. I have two friends who live across the street who are in their 70s. They, they're people that I, I, I like to spend time with. And it evolved from, you know, be, being people who live across the street who I wave to to hanging out on their stoop, to taking them out for birthday dinners or, or coming over for a quick tea before, you know, I head off to wherever I'm going. But I think the socialization piece has been an added element that I didn't really expect, but I think a huge part of that is the change that I've experienced in work. I'm not talking to coworkers all day, coworker friends, you know, that's not, that's not happening. So I've had to fill that absence. That's been a big transition. I think that's something to consider with people working from home more. And something I thought about during the pandemic, because obviously that's when we started talking so much about loneliness and like thinking about in New York, how, I mean, I would have been in New York alone if I didn't go to my parents' house, but I did. I was that transplant who left. I feel like we were under attack. You're not a real New Yorker because you're able to like go to your parents' house in Ohio. So it's essentially a meme. I did go to my parents' house in Ohio. And so I wasn't alone during the pandemic. It was like socialization with coworkers, like us in solidarity, being on Zoom, like what's going on. Friend groups, 
we would talk and like do game nights and we did uh shout out to the group who did the anita baker happy hour we were playing Ooh. various anita baker songs we all were picking and just like kind of having a drink together like i just felt so fortunate at a time that was very unfortunate it made me think though when i would talk to other people like friends who maybe their parents have downsized or like they don't have a relationship with their parents where they would go home and even in that moment i think it clicked for me like okay people need socialization like even though i wasn't doing anything interesting in dayton ohio i was like sitting with my mom and dad and like watching tv and hanging out i was baking a lot and working and going on my own solo walks but like I woke up with people to talk to Yeah, coming out of COVID, not literally in the terms of it's very much still happening, but like coming out of the isolation and us having to quarantine. Some of that remains true for people. Mm-hmm. They are back to their apartments. Some of them never left those apartments. They're single. They're living there. They don't have coworkers. And even if they do, it's like, okay, talking to someone during via zoom about work deliverables, is not the same as catching up. So there is this emptiness uh, that I think it's hard to speak about because A, it doesn't feel cool to admit, but B, it's also like on the surface, it may not look that way. Right. You know I mean? Like it's you, if you want to use yourself as an example, it's like you are a sociable person like who has friends and you just were talking about your friend, friend group. So right. on the surface, unless that was said, people wouldn't even know yeah. that's the case. Yeah, totally. I've had, I've had that conversation with people in a similar situation though, where you talk about how it might take hours before you say your first word and <laughs> in the day and you're just kind of like, ah, cause you need to, you need something to come out of your mouth, some voice, some, some noise, but you just haven't, you know, you, you haven't signed on to a meeting or seen a coworker or anything like that. So. Yeah. And I imagine that it's hard to navigate because people chalk it up to just work, but it's like, as a whole country, we're having less socialization. I mean, Absolutely. Yesterday I ordered groceries. I did not go to the grocery store per, per your recommendation. I had an Uber code, so I had them delivered, but even those small interactions I think about, I've said this to you, my friend Tesbia talks about how convenience kind of takes us out of our, mm-hmm. our ways of um, speaking to people and having these small interactions. And when you tell me about your uh, neighbors on the stoop and you tell me about your people who you talk to, you're dilly-dallying around, I don't do that. But I think it's because I have coworkers and like, I have a lot of friends who have actually moved to Bedside, which has been a saving grace of like, when I moved here, I was kind of lonely for a second because I moved the day after Christmas, so 2021, December 26th. And when I moved here, no one was really back from Christmas because we all go away, like winter break. And a lot of my friends didn't live here yet. So mm-hmm. I was kind of just like, oh, does, was this a mistake to like move here? And obviously it's worked out pretty perfectly, but just kind of like making space for those moments to be like, oh, like, am I good? <laughs> like, should I be seeing people more? And like, what does that look like? Oh, I love dilly dallying. We'll probably dive into that more in a different time, but I definitely feel like I have gained time, which I'm very grateful for, but it has made social interaction something that does not inherently happen. It's not happening in a workplace, whether that's in person or virtual. And so I've gained the time, but then I have to fill that socialization in different ways. Yeah, and I think it, I just think it's really interesting to consider that in other people because for me, you've made me consider it. That's not like a outside of the pandemic. That's not a thought that I've really had. I'm like, it's New York. Everyone's running around, and it mm-hmm. makes me want to check in on people. When I'm at home, I'm purposely choosing to be home by myself, <laughs> and so I don't always consider the fact that people are like, "Hey, should I like? Do you want to do something?" And I think 
it's something to consider as we have a bunch of single people, both men and women, like not just women who are living by themselves and people just assume you're good or you have plans Mm -hmm. or you're doing something. And so it's helped me try to do a better job because I think my inclination is like, it's New York, everyone has something to do. And that's just not the case. Yeah, not the case, certainly now. And I feel like, I know I really appreciate whenever someone, you know, just sends a message, it's like, hey, are you around? I'm in your neighborhood. I want to drop in or, you know, I'm going to be at this place tomorrow. Do you want to join? I always let people know if I'm going to be in their neighborhood. And it, you know, it's, it's not a requirement. Like I'm requesting your presence because I'm in your neighborhood, but I like to just throw it out there. And even if that person isn't available, there's really not even a distinct purpose other than, hey, it'd be great to see them if they're, if they're around. Even if they're not available, it also lets someone know that you want to include them. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and I mean, that's just been a huge teachable moment for me because I mm-hmm. think my natural incl- inclination is to be inclusive. I want to believe that. But I do think that I also get caught up just in my own little world of, I, I just, the more things you get, and my mom is probably laughing at me for me saying this, but we were talking about yesterday how when people get married, they kind of become isolated from their mm-hmm. friend groups. And it's like harder to make friends because you can just default. Like I have this one person at home who I can socialize with. So like, why am I trying to seek these friendships because it's hard as you get older and I think for me I have that almost like with my close friends mm. in New York where I'm like I have people to socialize with like why am I now I'm in someone's neighborhood who I'm like kind of friends with and I'm being like hey like I'm around if you're around and it feels like that's such a nice thing to do like when people do it to me sometimes I'm like yeah stop by but I don't I don't think to do it to other people because I get very caught up in like okay I have these like five to six people that if I ask them to do something they won't be available and so it's been a good learning like kind of talking through this with you to be like oh it would be nice sometimes if I made the effort outside of those people to be like oh like I'm in your neighborhood or I'm gonna go to this like fun event tomorrow like would you want to go I also want to go back to what you said about neighborhoods It's something that I've thought about a lot for quite a few years. I wish that there were more conversations, and I I know some people do do this, and I really commend them. I I wish that there were more conversations, like in our 20s, when people are moving to different cities, when people are kind of like laying down roots of where they want to be, have those conversations with friends. Even if you're not in a relationship with this person or you're not living in the same apartment as this person, like have a conversation about where you want your community to land. You know, is there a neighborhood that everyone likes? Is, is there a neighborhood that is convenient for everyone? Because I think sometimes, and I think we've talked about this, people will get hung up on their specific things that they like about a certain place, or even just settle somewhere and, you know, because of XYZ reason, but really the people who are there with you are what is going to make the place. So if everyone just decided, hey, let's all decide to move to bed you all are going to have a good time. You know, that's one thing that I will say about proximity when it can encourage the building of a relationship, that can be really helpful. Yeah, the neighborhood thing is interesting because it kind of is like a friendship rebrand. With my friends in New York, I've just gotten very lucky because I think something I struggle with, there's like an individualism component where you're saying like you're picking a neighborhood you really like for your specific reasons versus like a community mindset. But I was in community with so many people who just greatly prioritized things that I didn't. So like, I got really lucky with 
two members of the minibar, Amanda and Nat, when they lived in New York, we all lived walking distance of each other. And it was awesome. But it was not on purpose. Like, we didn't purposely do that. It just kind of happened. Mm. And I felt like it was really special. But then what's interesting is, like, we all lived very different New York lives. So, I mean, for me, a big thing with moving here was, like, I wanted to expand beyond my college friend group. And I think we all did in our own way. Like, we met people from our jobs, et cetera. But, like, I really wanted to disenfranchise from only hanging out with people from Ohio. So it wasn't conducive to that mission to always, like, be with people from Ohio. So I kind of was, like, in this weird place where I was, like, in community but also, like, really longing for friends who had nothing to do with my upbringing. So it's, like, um, it was a double-edged sword of, like, finding the space to have that community. We would do dinner together. So we typically never really went out together, very rarely, unless it was somebody's birthday or just, like, a celebration. But we would do, like, dinner at my house on Fridays. Like, come home from work, come have dinner at my house, let's just, like, catch up. And then we'd go about our weekends. Or Amanda and I might like take a workout class together because we were obsessed with 305 at the time. And then like walk home. And that was really good. It was grounding to like see my friends and hear from them, but also have the space to like do what I wanted to do. Because it goes back to like the friend group at one-on-one thing. Part of me being a floater is I have such vast interests. So it actually gives me anxiety that like the same group of people would want to do things with me all the time. I'm like, actually I'm doing something that doesn't involve you right now. Like this isn't your pocket. Right. Um, which is an interesting thing to navigate. What you mentioned, though, about, you know, even though you wanted to expand your experience and continue to meet new friends as you kept and maintained those friendships, you had kind of like a, a home base where you could all come together, but then, you know, and be neighbors and be in the same space, but then be able to jet out and explore different things too, but then ultimately still had that environment to come back to. Sounds really comforting. Yeah, it's really important to me. I think that's the reason I've stayed in New York for so long. Like even with Amanda and Natalie leaving, which was like sad, crying in the club, we moved to New York together in college. Like we moved here, we lived together here in college. Natalie and I lived together the summer after that semester. And then we've been here since 2016. It was weird when they left because they were my home base but I think what's really beautiful about New York and why I'm still obsessed with living here is people prioritize friendship so you know I've met new friends who mean just as much to me as they do and it's crazy how that's even possible in such a short amount of time but there's space for New Yorkers to just become friends I think there's a vulnerability here a lot of us don't have families like I'm 30 years old, I don't, I'm single, I live by myself, you're in your 30s, you're single, you live by yourself, like, my par- our parents don't live here, like, if I don't have friends, then who do I interact with? So I think what keeps me here is, even losing, like, my best friends living in New York, I don't feel lonely here, like, I'm like, I continue to meet people who want to connect. Yes, certainly New York friends are family. That. Yeah, they are. I mean, my mom and I were talking about the suburbs yesterday and how it just like doesn't breed friendship in the same mm. way. Like you can make friends, but she's like, we're all alone in our like cars and our homes. And you really have to go out of your way to meet someone, especially like now that our parents are empty nesters, like the absence of children to connect you to people. It's like you as an individual have to be like, I really want to talk to this person. And I think also in the suburbs, finding someone who is like like-minded that you want to talk to. So I yeah. feel very fortunate to live here with a yeah. lot of like-minded people. Absolutely. So we've talked about this friendship roundup and the different types of friends that we have from certain walks of life, different groups, one-on-one friendships. What your, what's your take on bringing those people together? When does that happen? How does that happen? 
Uh, it's so interesting because I actually was a serial not bringing friends together <laughs> because my friend groups are so different and they don't, I know that they're not all going to like each other. I know some people are listening to the podcast like, show me are you serious? But like, they're all so different because I've met them at different stages of life. So like, and it's not that they're going to like each other, like there's going to be animosity, but will they truly connect? Will they see in each other what I see in them? And that was my biggest fear. And so I didn't do it. I was having a housewarming and I was introducing a friend who like hadn't really met my friend group. I was like, come to this. Like, and it was his first time kind of meeting the crew. Mm -hmm. The next day we got breakfast and he was like, I didn't really feel like your friends knew who I was and they weren't really like, I didn't feel integrated. Essentially he was saying he didn't feel like he belonged in that setting. Cause he was like, I didn't really feel like they knew who I was. And it was just kind of weird. And I was like, reflecting on that. And I was like, dang, like maybe I'm not good at like bringing the friend groups together. And I reflected on that and it actually like, changed both of our behaviors. We both kind of brought each other into our friend groups because we, our friendship was a one-on-one friendship. <laughs> like we spent all of our time alone, having these deep conversations, sometimes doing activities, sometimes just hanging out. And it didn't really involve other people. So it almost felt unnatural to me. Like I'm like, what do other people have to do with this friendship? And then it's kind of funny because in silos, you become very close to people that some of your closest people don't actually know. So I think that was a realization to me, like maybe I shouldn't have, like my wedding day one day, shouldn't be the time that like all these people meet. Like they should right. know each other before. But I also think we all have some PTSD of like when you've put friends together, it just like didn't really work out. Like, you know what I mean? I just don't think everybody's for everybody. I do think I have some very beautiful friend groups that I've been so thankful to be brought along in. I'm again, naming friends. My friend Amara has a wonderful friend group that she met growing up in DC. And we worked together at Facebook and she introduced me to her friends and that's been beautiful. Like Amara no longer lives here. Some of the friends she introduced me to no longer live in New York, but like I'm very much in the friend group and like I really appreciate being embraced by them and we have so much fun together. So like that's an example of like, thank God she did that. I love those people, but I had to just like be better at sussing it out. My friends are very different. (laughs) They're not similar. So sometimes it is, do my friends from New York, like I have a lot of very queer friends. Do they want to hang out with people from Dayton who like may sometimes be like, and I'm generalizing, but some of my friends who I grew up with might be like, what's going on? <laughs> like, and I, I think I just think about those things. It's hard to strike that balance between, you know, giving it a shot. You, you know, you love all of these people. And also, yeah, are these people going to enjoy spending time with each other, enjoy spending their precious time with each other. It just might not be the vibe. Yeah, truly reading the room. Mm -hmm. I know myself, like I like eclectic people. I like people with a POV and interesting things to say. And I like people who challenge thoughts and that's not for everybody. Like it really isn't. I like to have, I have healthy debates with my friends. I've been having healthy debates since I was a child. So I'm like, let's get it. Like, what are your takes on this? What's your thought on this? And I know some of my friends, you and I have had to like, play in this balance of being in the Midwest where I think the culture is a little more like conservative and not even just like in politics, just like not, you're not as like loud and brash. And Mm -hmm. I think I have friends who are very comfortable being themselves and would very curtly tell you that you can go away if you said certain things that you and I may have just had to deal with by like where we grew up. We both went to college in the Midwest where you just kind of, you know, we make these faces at each other. Like, I can't believe that person said that. Or like, maybe we talk about it in private. Yeah. Whereas I have friends that would say to their face in that moment, like, are you kidding me? Right. And so it brings up a weird situation to me because I definitely have situations where my friends are like, why are you friends with this person? 
And I'm like, yikes. And it's because, like, at that point in my life, my experiences, they kind of got grandfathered in. But, like, I have friends who are like, I would not tolerate that. So it's it's hard. It's I, hard. I want to say come one, come all. But it's come one, come all with an asterisk. Yeah, I can't just throw all the gladiators in the ring. No, you got to read the room. I think <laughs> I'm a good judge of character. I know who belongs. But if you're... I think if you're on the fence, sometimes it's better to be like this. We're not doing that. Yeah. Perhaps another time. Perhaps or never. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe never. <laughs> everyone is not for everyone. Everyone's not for everyone. Sometimes it's it's not my immediate inclination to bring people together. And it doesn't mean that I don't want to, but Maybe it's just being stuck in that pattern of, I usually spend time with this person one-on-one. My friends from home are getting together. It's just not the natural pattern, um, but it's something that I think about a lot. And so I'm trying to challenge myself a little bit more to to bring some people into the fold. And I know that there are some people that I've you know introduced you to and vice versa, uh, which has been really nice. I think it is really beautiful when you get everyone together, but you'd never really know how it's going to go. I remember I had dinner for my, hmm, I think 32nd birthday. Um, it was about 20 people and particularly there were kind of two tables and the table that I was at had the most mixing of friendships from various walks of life. I remember that uh, some of my friends said, oh, you know, we were a little nervous. They told me afterwards sitting, you know, you were right near us, but sitting next to people that we didn't know. And of course we figured they're your friends. Like these are people that you really love. Just how's it going to go? Not that they weren't going to get along, but is there going to be a level of ease there with this person I've never met that I would have with Catherine? But ultimately they, they really enjoyed it. So I think that that was a moment for me that, that stuck with me as it's, it is important to bring people together because you don't know what can come out of it. And I definitely have a few friendships as well where the person who brought everyone together is far away now, but the, you know, the new friendship that was for maintains, which is, which is a cool thing to have. Yeah, I also think in New York, like, I have some tent poles where I bring people together. Like, my birthday party is definitely, is a time where I'm like, yeah, come on, come all. But I think in New York it's easier because a lot of people who live here are like-minded, but we're not from here, and I have a lot of friends who are not from here. So I think that's more of my hesitation where it's like, I just have, and, and some of it is interesting. It's made me edit my friendships because some of my friends have brought this to my attention where it's like, some of your friends that you met when you were a different person when you were younger those people and their views do not align with some of like the new york progressive like and so i think those friends it's just a no for me and like bringing those together i just don't like that's a safe space but i also think i'm like less as i get older i'm friends with less of those people i think what it did is it forced me to think about who i'm really friends with Mm. and there are people who i've archivally been friends with like we weren't even aligned on views. So to bring them into the arena with friends who don't love them, like I love them, they'd be like, ew. Like, why is this person speaking? Like, they just want to get the grace. Like, you're always going to give grace to people who you care about and knowing that new people don't care about them in the same way. And so you have to have the sense to like, let's not do that. But in New York, generally speaking, like, yeah, come one, come all, because a lot of my friends already kind of know each other. Like, there aren't that many black people who work in tech in New York. Like, we we all, we, I know someone who knows you. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I can attest to this because I don't think I've ever been in public with you when one of these people has not said hello to, said hello to you. Right. Like there's, I'm always going to see someone I know. So like the friend, the fr- I'm like generally very down, but mm-hmm. like, I just think I have some like PTSD Midwest caveats. Cause I mean, we'll get into this in later episodes, but as some of my friends have moved back to the Midwest, we've kind of talked about what that's like and just not as much openness and like, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm a Midwest gal, like Chicago is like a second home to me, but I I have experienced that too, where I'm just like, the, the openness is not the same. So I feel out of depth sometimes when I'm trying to approach people and like talk about the things I usually talk about. Yeah. To be kind of like, why is she talking about this? And I'm like, that's not going to work. So <laughs> That's an interesting point of view too, because my experience growing up is that most of my close friends ended up in New York City, uh, the ones that I grew up with in Ohio. So there isn't real, like a lot of those people are kind of in the same fold and have, you know, chose to have the same experience mm-hmm. um, and move to the same place. Um, you know, certainly some people have moved further away. Maybe, maybe they'll come back. But, but I think that's, yeah, I haven't really had to think so much about integrating experiences from like a cultural point of view yeah it's like an a and b ohio team which sounds silly to say but like my college friends like they moved out obviously of ohio and moved to new york and like i have a good amount of friends from college who did that so they have a different experience but like my people who i know from dayton who like never have lived here it's completely different like it's a completely different experience it's the conversations are different i've just had moments even as an individual where i'm like maybe i shouldn't be talking about that because you don't seem like you have anything to say about it. It's just also a different lived experience. Absolutely. I don't know that it's always just closed-mindedness. It's just exposure. Yeah. Like, you live in New York, you see a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm very unruffled about, like, certain topics that at home would be like, we, this isn't even something that comes up. Like, my mom reminds me of that all the time. Of Like, you have to remember, you live in a bubble. And, like, we often categorize suburban people as living in a bubble. But New York itself is also a bubble. Like, we don't live in real life in a lot of ways. So just reminding yourself of that in terms of friendship of like the time people give you the time people devote to friendship a lot of people in other places just don't do that that's not the culture i'm going to take this on a little bit of a turn but i feel like it ties back to what we're saying i feel like one of the most fun and successful ways to bring people together is having a party i love a party you mentioned your birthday parties which very fun and it's just a low stakes way where everyone's going to have a good time you'll see people you know but there's also an opportunity to meet new people and maybe you'll you know want to hang out with those new people that you just met or you can skedaddle back to your friends but it's it's just a a very relaxed environment and i think it's a good way to bring people together i think you know i would say i would probably prefer to bring people together and you know, say, oh, you should meet so-and-so at a party versus having eight people over for dinner and none of them have met each other. Yeah, I also think I don't have, I feel like I don't have time to bring people together outside of temples. So I usually am like, do my dot connecting digitally. Like I love to match match make people where it's like, oh, you moved here, meet this person. Like the other day we were in that group chat with Maria and I was like, I have a friend moving to Seattle, you need to meet her. Like that's kind of what I do. I don't always need to be a part of the intro. Like I'm right. like, you two should know each other, here's her Instagram, move on. I'm happy to, to do that, but I, I often just like meet this person yeah. and like leave it there. Like I like both of you, I don't need to sit here and like watch and see what happens. Correct. I'm like, <laughs> you guys would be great, like take it from here. Because 
there's so many people I think should know each other and I'm totally down to like share those connections. I don't always want to facilitate them. I find it to be really overwhelming. Like while I had fun at my birthday party, I didn't talk to like half the people there. Like, yeah. I, I didn't really, I was in my own little world. I'm like having a great time and I can't imagine how people feel at weddings because I'm like, I didn't get to speak to these people. Yeah. No, I do feel like a part of hosting the party is that as the host, you're almost like dissociating a little bit. You're just floating, enjoying the music. You're taking in the overall vibes. And you're like, wow, I, I talked to three people. <laughs> but everyone was having a great time. Right, right. Which is probably why I celebrated my birthday party. I had like two birthday parties. So <laughs> and it, was, it was a milestone birthday, so we'll allow it. Yeah, and they were both great. Thank you. All right, let's wrap it up. Obviously, we're friends, but I still find it really interesting to hear you talk about all of the friendships that you've developed and amassed over your entire life and what they mean to you, how you maintain them, how you bring people together, maybe not bring people together. You know, it's just it's interesting to to hear, even though you're someone that I talk to every day, because it just shows me how, you know, even the context of our different experiences really impacts how we spend time with our friends, how we communicate with our friends, where we spend time with our friends. Yeah, I mean, I feel like friendship is one of those things that you're constantly learning about people, people are cycling in and out, and it's almost impossible to know everyone's friends. Our friend groups are so expansive, and you and I definitely have been more of a one-on-one hangout than a group. Like, you've met my friends at my birthday parties, you come to my house for group settings, but like, we spend most of our time together like when we were hanging out, it's you and I. Mm-hmm. So I think the opportunity to like get to know some of these people, and it's just hard. like geography also makes it hard because like when someone's in town, I'm like I want to see, like I want to see you. I don't want to share. I'm like I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. Like what's up? And so that's something I'm actually trying to do better at. Like I, there are friends I do want to connect, and I think to know my friends is to know me really well, which is why I think like my even my parents who came here for Thanksgiving like are getting to know my friends more in adulthood, and it's really worthwhile because these are the people who like also I consider family. So, just kind of sharing the the wealth with the rest of my friends is like a goal of mine, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah, kind of. Not everyone, but. Thank you for listening to Table Pancakes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to drop us a line, our email address is tablepancakespod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.